real talk, I definitely need to get like some sort of theme song or something cute to open these with because like the thing that I use to start these is the like default um, little sound effects that they give you through Anchor and that's not not cute enough for me. So hopefully by the next episode I'll figure some shit out and get a <clears throat> get an actual introduction. But hello, it's me, Koji. This is YA Nightmares, a podcast where I review really shitty YA literature. The disclaimer, as always with the beginning of these, is I was a shitty Wattpad fiction writer when I was in my teens, and now that I'm an adult and I know, you know, from experience what really shitty writing is, I feel like it's kind of fun to, you know, search out really bad books and review them. Mostly, and I'll explain why mostly is the word I'm using in a minute, but mostly I will say that the authors that I talk about are actually way better than me because they had the courage to put their writing out there, and I'm a lame That hasn't, so, you know. But it's one of those things where if you put something out for public consumption, you know, you should assume that people are going to roast you a little bit, you know? But, small burp, sorry about that. So, sorry, first off, if you're one of the, like, handful of people that listens to my podcast about me being kind of inconsistent right now, um, I'm sure you know what's going on in the world. I've had some some troubles, you know? I'm not going to get into them, because that's not what this podcast is about. But um, I really, really enjoy it, and I'm going to try to be more consistent going forward. There you go. All right. So today's offering is Stones to Abigail by Onision. And another disclaimer. So remember how earlier I said, you know, most of the authors I review are cooler than me just for putting their work out there. Big asterisk because the author I'm reviewing, Onision, if you're familiar with any YouTube drama, you know he's a predator and he's a piece of shit. Um, I don't really want to go too much into detail about who he is and what he's done, but um, if that's something that you're curious about, you can go ahead and um, you know Google Onision controversy and you'll kind of find out all the details. But basically, he is a predator, um, and it didn't come out really until a few months ago. And, you know, the, the reason I'm doing it now is because, you know, a little confession, but when I first thought to do the podcast, this was actually going to be the very first book that I did because I saw a really funny review of it on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, I have to, you know, read this, this masterpiece and talk about it. So I bought this book maybe, oh my God, almost a year ago, honestly, um, and then I did a ton of show notes for it and everything. By the time I actually got to the point where I could start setting up for my podcast, that's when all the bullshit about him came out. And I was like, Whoa. like, I, I didn't feel comfortable um, basing my first episode on him just because if I did receive an influx of listeners just based upon his name being part of the show that would have kind of been a really shitty way to start things off. Like that's kind of gross. And, you know, I didn't want to start things that way, but now that the heat has died down on him, he's been exposed, um, as being like a fucking gross dude. 
uh, I feel like now it's kind of safe, you know, hey, I can talk shit about his work. He's an asshole. Everyone knows it. It is what it is. The book itself, I'm kind of just looking at as the work and not, I'm not really going too deep into his character. Put it like that. I've already said a lot about this fucking dude. So yeah, like I said, Google him if you want, but that's all I'm giving you as far as who he is, like outside of the book. Now, (laughs) criticism about the book itself, I have to say it's not as painful. Okay, this is going to sound bad. (laughs) Fuck it. This book was not as painful for me to read as the last book I reviewed, which was um, fucking, fucking Heartache High. That was an awful, awful, awful book. (laughs) for a lot of reasons and I implore you if you haven't listened to episode two um go ahead and check that out because holy poop but this one is weirdly not as painful and I think it's just because even though it's bad it was so bad that it was funny and so that's why I kind of had a little bit of enjoyment in terms of reading this versus the other book I read definitely not as much fun as I had with the uh, first episode with the like app Galaty that was way more fun. This was just like a weird in between. So Stones to Abigail was written in 2015 um, by Onision, aka uh, fucking Greg Jackson, I think his real name is, whatever. Um, And co-written with his partner at the time. Um, So far, let me see. Yeah. So right now out of 878 ratings, which I think is mostly his, like, fangirls that he used to have. He had a pretty big following at the time. Um, I think that's where a lot of the reviews come from. But it's sitting at a 3.6 out of 5, which is, like, kind of decent, you know? Like, I think, like, the average book that's not a bestseller sits in that zone. But this, I think the ratings are definitely fluffed up because of his, like, little groupies. Um, And you can really see the, like the honest readers when you look at the reviews a lot of these one stars like so terrible it's funny somebody said um awful unrealistic mess this is the best description of it i think and just the title is like chef's kiss fucking perfect idle prattle of a self-absorbed mind perfect it's kind of like um you know how when you see a bestseller and it's endorsed by a lot of other people and it's got like little quotes on it, that should definitely be one of like beautiful. But before I get into the book itself, I think it's necessary to kind of like to read you the two descriptions on the Amazon page. First of all, it's supposed to be the book description and I'll you'll see what I mean by supposed to be. And then he also has an author bio. So I think just reading these two to you will kind of clue you in on what I had to deal with reading through this okay so the first one and they're both quite short because I'm you know the pod I'm not LeVar Burton out here I'm not gonna read you the whole thing that's up to you however that being said don't fucking buy this book <laughs> just don't like I'm teasing and it's uh wow well, it's funny to like you know talk shit based upon what we know about him now please absolutely do not fucking buy this book if it's like stolen and bootlegged somewhere and you're not paying for it or something sure read it if you like but otherwise don't fucking buy this like 
just listen to this podcast to get what you need or um strange eons did a really good video on it and she's on youtube she's fabulous but the description of the book is as follows it says i want to be direct my name is greg i go by onision online this book is made up of events that occurred in my own life mixed with fiction from the made-up life of james james is essentially a better version of myself his home, his school, and his life all resemble my own at his age. The people James analyzes and is surrounded by are not so unlike those I've known as well. I've experienced much of the loss James has. However, his happier moments are more often than not also mine. I didn't like that sentence. <laughs> anyway, I want to share my story without it being purely nonfiction. I simply felt this approach would make for a far better book. At points I cried while writing this, at others I laughed. Stones to Abigail is not just a book I wrote, it is a piece of who I am. So that's supposed to be the description of the book, right? Like the book itself. This isn't the author bio. Based upon what I just read to you, do you have any idea about what that book actually is about? Aside from the kid, like, the protagonist is called James, and it's based upon Greg. That author, or excuse me, that book bio is absolutely terrible. I have no fucking clue what I'm supposed to be reading about. And I think that's so strange. Like, I've never seen a description more, like, it's a lot of things being used to say basically nothing, if that makes sense. And the author bio is kind of similar, you know? Um, it's along the same vein. So the author bio is a little bit shorter, but it says, I am Gregory Jackson. I use the name Onision online and represent myself. To be blunt, Stones to Abigail is the first book I've ever written. And it fucking shows. I'm sorry. Shouldn't, shouldn't deviate. I haven't even read a book cover to cover in about 14 years aside from Stones to Abigail. Holy shit, dude. Can you imagine not reading a fucking book for, for 14 years? Jesus hell. The above information might be enough to make most readers run, but it's the truth. Regardless, I wrote Stones to Abigail from the heart. One of the best ways to better understand who I am is to read the book. Learning about James means learning about me. I don't want to sell this book. I want Stones to Abigail to sell itself. So if you're not interested, I hope you find a book you want to read elsewhere soon. Thank you for taking the time to read this. So that that's, that's the author bio. Mm. so <clears throat> a couple things the first being i've already commented on the fact that it's really fucking sad that a grown-ass man has not read a book in 14 years me but the i don't want to sell this book i want stones to abigail to sell itself and then imploring potential readers to seek another book is such a weird thing to do like i've never seen an author do that like such a flippant attitude towards your own work just like yeah fuck off like if you don't want to read about this this book that i've given the absolute most vague description of then you know jog on like thanks for reading these two weird descriptions like isn't that strange and how is it going to sell itself if you give the the people that could potentially read it absolutely nothing to go off of so like say he didn't have this following of people on youtube and he was like yeah i'm gonna publish this in earnest this description would make me just go, oh, well, fuck you. Like, you don't give a shit about the book. Why should I? Like, isn't that weird? I don't know. I just think it takes a certain level of, like, stuck-up asshole to, like, put a book out like that and say, hey, if you don't want to read it, okay, cool. 
get lost. Like, eh, eh, I don't, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> and those noises basically sum up my attitude about the book as a whole. But anyway, so going into the book itself, ooh-wee, <laughs> it's 180 pages, not particularly beefy, um, it's got that that familiar symptom of a shitty book in that it's very clear there's not been any um, editing for grammar, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, police his grammar too much because it, that's just low-hanging fruit. What I will do is really go into my show notes. Now, I had a lot of fun writing these show notes. Like, this was one of those books that was so bad that while I was reading it, I was just laughing to myself. And like frantically typing notes like, oh my God, this is going to be fucking crazy. Like, so I'm going to just read a lot of these show notes. I'm not going to go too deep into the plot because there really isn't one. And I know I just like roasted him for not giving us any introduction to the plot. There is a basic kind of plot in that it's about this guy named James. He is kind of an outcast. He likes to people watch. He's a very judgy person, but he meets this girl named Abigail in an art class and they get on really well. And um, I can't even say they fall in love because you don't even really get that. But she's a broken girl and he's going to save her. Like, it's kind of like how Drake. Never mind. But the point is, he air quotes fixes her or tries to fix her. And in the midst of all this, there's a random death. There's a fucking school shooting that's so, like, dramatic, but not given the attention it deserves. It's just there to, like, make things spicy, because I guess he got bored halfway through. Um, And just a lot of, like, super unrealistic, weird shit. Like, think of any CW um, show that you've seen the last five years or so. Any trope that they throw in those, it might be in here. Like, it's it's... I feel like he had a wheel of plot devices and he was just like, fuck, what should I write? What should I write? Ugh, okay, okay. I have, I've had enough time bragging about myself through James. Spin the wheel. Oh, fuck yeah. It lands on a uh, broken manic pixie dream girl that cuts herself. Hell yeah, I'm going to put that in there. And there's also a really, 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 really gross sex scene. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to it. I told myself I would do it, and I'm going to do it, you know? <sighs> oh my god, where are we at? Okay, we're at like almost 15 minutes. Let's fucking get into this. I don't want to devote too much time to this, but it's just a wealth of terrible. This might be a beefier episode, but we'll see. <laughs> so, the book begins. Um, you get a little bit of background information on James. He um, lives with his mom, and I think his sister um you really don't get much of a sense of his family life other than that he's oh I'm I'm so much smarter than everyone else in the room and I feel so alone he's like burdened by the weight of his intelligence you know right Ugh. but he there's a lot of like weird unnecessary descriptions of things that don't matter and not enough descriptions of things that do matter like I mentioned before how I really don't like when a book gives me absolutely nothing to work off of in terms of appearance. And this book does the same shit. I think that's honestly something that's in every single bad book where it's like, they just expect you to be able to visualize who these people are. 
And when you give me nothing to go off of, I'm just going to imagine them as like Lego people, like crash test dummies, like smiling white people in antidepressant ads, like wind blowing through their hair. I can sail again, thanks to Germanitrex. You know, like that's what I imagine when you don't give me anything to go off of. And he does that shit throughout the entire book. It's really frustrating. Um, but going into it, um, he paints himself as remarkably unlikable. Like I said before, it's a total jerk off festival in that he thinks he's the smartest dude walking on earth. So when he talks about other people, it's always really mean. Like he talks about teachers. He says, um, with how low their pay likely was, I imagine there were very few rules that most teachers cared about. And he talks about how they look all sad and shitty. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, thinking to myself, if you got paid the same amount teachers did, you wouldn't give a fuck either. So, like, don't comment on it, asshole. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I think that's, like, kind of circular reasoning. But still, I just really fucking don't like when people bully teachers. (laughs) Don't comment on them. Fuck it. All right. So, aside from that small pet peeve... um. He talks about this couple that's minding their own goddamn business and he says they're childish and, you know, he just hates when other people are happy. Holy shit. Um, and then, oh, this is the other. Th- okay. Okay. I think I got a little too spicy about that low pay remark about teachers because the other thing he says that really bothers me is he talks about this teacher saying, like talking and he says, Uh, He ignored me and continued his lecture on yet another topic that would not only be completely useless later in life, but wasn't even relevant for even a few seconds after the words left his mouth. Dude, fuck you, okay? Directly talking to you, Greg, fuck you, okay? Because the way this book is written, this, this fucking asshole. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting a a little too spicy. It's like three in the morning and I'm pumped, but I guarantee... This idiot did not read on grade level a fucking year in his school career, and he has the nerve, nerve to comment on the teacher being useless and not teaching anything that he would use in his real life. Like, it just bothered me so fucking much. I hate that shit. Don't bully teachers. That's the moral of the story. So moving on, before I spend the whole podcast on a soapbox, (laughs) he talks, he's kind of self-aware in how he is in terms of like, watching everybody all the time and he calls himself an alien who had a vip pass to submerge himself in primitive excuse me primitive human culture just for entertainment my show note for that said alternatively you might just be an asshole my guy which that's what this book should be called just you might just be an asshole my guy because that's the whole book any commentary he has musings on other people Hey dog, you just might be an asshole. I don't know if you're aware, but you might could just be an asshole. But there's a random fight that happens. Um, and he talks about how like, oh, how droll the the apes just watching people fight. <laughs> um, and then when he meets Abigail, this is when you get absolutely nothing in terms of her appearance. It just says same makeup hairstyle, and general appearance. My show notes, I said, what is that? What is that even? We don't know. The cover has a girl with short hair being sad, like hands on her knees or whatever. So I'm just going to assume it's a short, sad girl. Fuck it, whatever. Um, 
so there's not much in the way of chemistry there but you know just basically the way he paints abby is just like this frail broken girl and all she really needs instead of these like chads and these jocks she just needs somebody like smart you know that's like sensitive that understands her and can save her from herself you know um he also has a few choice nuggets mixed in throughout the book one of them being and this is how you know it's good because kindle lets you see how many other people like highlight the same line so it says if you refuse to see the world around you for what it is you're just wasting your eyes realize 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 get the fuck out of here with that shit so deep that's what i put in my show notes just hashtag deep just fuck me up greg all right so (laughs) a lot of the stuff he says you can really tell that he's just like he wrote the line and then he just like sat back from the computer just crossed his arms in front of him fucking smirked and was just like Damn, Greg, you did it again. <sighs> they not even ready for this one. Like, it's so bad. I'm not even going to read. I had so many lines that were just pure pretentiousness. Like, ugh, I can't, I can't read all of them because that would just take like 45 goddamn minutes. Um, but he also says some weird shit that just kind of like rubs you the wrong way. Like, um, he describes like a bad, I guess a bad looking yard as ghetto fenced air quotes and i was just like don't like that (laughs) just something about that just hit me right in my tummy didn't like it at all um but immediately you find out that abby actually already has a boyfriend even though like her and greg were fucking vibing um she has a boyfriend called seth he's a huge abusive dickhead um he makes fun of Greg because shortly after Abby and Greg meet, like this jock dildo named Jason like beats the dog shit out of him, which kind of felt like justice, but whatever, just beats the dog shit out of him for like almost no reason. And Jason gets suspended for 10 days. Greg gets suspended for two. And I think realistically that is kind of fucked up, like because Greg says that he like James, fuck, I got I I'm conflating the two names. His name is James in the in the uh, book, but yeah. So he's saying that you know, it is kind of fucked up, and I would agree that if you know a kid beats the hell out of another kid, and the the kid that receives said ass whooping does not fight back, why is he suspended? That's not okay. And so Seth shows that he is an asshole. Um, because Greg stumbled, fuck, I'm doing, you know, fuck it, you know who I am, who I'm talking about, if I say Greg or James, it's the same motherfucker, but, um, when James rolls up to Abby and Seth, like, kind of having a, having a beef, um, Seth is like, you know, fuck off, you're a pussy, you took that ass whooping, um, and then Abby, for whatever reason, like, gravitates toward um James and like defends him and Seth is like yells at her and says you know you fucking be with a guy who can't even protect you himself blah 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 and so there you go and 
I guess after that, I can't really tell, but I guess that that was Seth and Abby breaking up. It's not clear. But shortly after that, they have another, like, really cringy fucking, like, oh my god. Oops, hope you didn't hear that vibration. That was my phone. <laughs> Professional podcast. Anyway, they have another really cringy moment where um, they're outside right after the Abby-Seth fight and they're in the rain. And she, <laughs> they're standing in the rain like you do, just fucking standing in the rain. And then it says, we stood in the rain for only a few seconds before she asked, do you think makeup really helps anyone? I replied, still looking at her back. I think it helps us forget what we don't want to remember. It lets us pretend we're a little more perfect than we really are. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those things that you hear, like, dudes try to tell you to sound like fake deep. And you're like, fuck fuck off like I just this emphatic like eat a dick and fuck off I don't know maybe I'm getting a little too zesty about that I just can't stand that shit but you get a lot of that so yeah throughout the book you realize Greg just lives in a world where commas are a myth and then this is a small thing but it made me laugh a lot um he (laughs) He talks about skating to get around and I was like, oh, okay, I guess he just like skateboards or whatever. Um, And then I put in the show notes, I'm pretty sure he's skateboarding, but it's funnier to me to imagine he's on roller skates. Fucking like a couple pages later, he is on roller skates. He's just in 2015, just fucking like blading down. I don't know why that was so fucking funny to me. Just imagining him like. I guess I'm just imagining an angsty teen on like neon colored rollerblades just fucking getting it, just meow, fucking blazing past everybody. Anyway, maybe I'm just an asshole, but that was funny to me. Um, let me see. I think there was actually something I highlighted that was kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, was I stoned when I read this? I think, I, was I high when I, no, I wasn't high. I was sober. I was just trying to think because I'm reading a show note and I put, wow, I am actually okay with this statement. Like, like, you know, that it was good. But when I'm reading it again, I'm not okay with the statement. I scared her away because I reacted on the emotions I experienced in that dream before actually considering the human being on the other side of the letter. Okay, yeah, no, I've revised my previous statement. I'm okay with that. It's a very rare moment of self-awareness where he's like maybe I'm being too much of a dick and I'm kind of like you know putting my own feelings and like projecting what I want on top it's a very 500 days of summer vibe where he's you know making her into something she's not and he's kind of self-aware and I was very impressed I remember now I wasn't high I promise maybe um let me see Another thing that I thought was really grossly realistic, and if it sounds like I'm kind of just jumping all over the place and finding juicy nuggets because, and I'm not like talking about the plot, there's not really one. There's really not. Um, I mean, as they get closer, um, Abby talks about, you know, that she's been abused by her exes um, and she's been taken advantage of. 
her her mom abandoned her her dad's a piece of shit doesn't care about her like that's all very like sad but it's very cliche so you know forgive me if i'm not like oh no i'm sorry abby um and then the thing that was also unrealistic is that like for whatever reason at this school they can just leave like there's points in the book where something happens and they just like fuck off like you can't like, you can't do that, dude. Like, I've been out of high school for a while now, but I don't remember ever being able to just, like, zip off and do my own teenager thing. Like, that's not allowed. And that happens a lot. I think that's what the reviewers were talking about on Amazon when they were like, unrealistic. That's, yeah, fucking hell yeah. Um, And then, cringe, but he talks about, like, after she confesses all her, you know, trials and tribulations, he says, as we held each other, I said, you are never damaged, only changed. Any part of you that you think died is just hidden, waiting to come out when it's safe. Abby squeezed me even tighter. I continued, every time I see you, you become more beautiful than, to me than before. Ew. <laughs> like, <laughs> forgive me, I'm probably just being a dick. Like, I know that probably that's sweet, but I, I think when you get to this point in the book, that's like page 40. You get to the point in the book and you just hate everything that James says. So you don't even like look at this as sweet. I just see it and I'm like, fucking like, fuck off, dog. Like, I hate you. <laughs> um, And then the, uh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I think this is like, <laughs> this is going to be a longer episode. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. It's just so weird. Okay. So then we meet our our best boy, Davis. Now, I've said before, a lot of the characters, James specifically, but the characters aren't particularly well fleshed out or likable. James especially is a pretty shitty character. But best boy, air quotes, his name is Davis. He is James's best friend. And he's not like a really good or compelling character, but I feel super bad for him because he's he's frightening in his adoration of James. Like, he doesn't act like a friend. You know, like, the way you get on with your normal friends, it's like, you know, obviously they're going to be nice to you, but, you know, there's playful, like, teasing, and, you know, you you don't have, like, a weird Helga Pataki fucking shrine in your closet to them. Like, I'm assuming my dog James, or excuse me, Davis has of James. Like, it's his adoration is, like, upsetting, but I just... Like, all I want, it's almost like he's being held hostage. Like, all I want is for him to be free. Like, fucking don't be friends with this, like, chode. Go and live your life, Davis. Take that adoration and apply it to a skill. Learn to code. I want you to succeed, Davis. Escape this book. Please. No, I'm being dramatic. But I actually, you know, I feel really bad for him. Like, a lot of my commentary about Davis is just like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, and then let me see. Oh, you also find this like really terrible. Um, we also learn about this really terrible guidance counselor, like who would absolutely be 110% fired from her profession if this was like a realistic way that she acted, like for real in real life. Like, huge, huge dick to Abby. Like, super mean like talk shit about her behind her back um James requests to be 
like put back in a class in the um, art class with her because I think they had to like switch the classes out because of all the weirdness with Jason and he goes to the guidance counselor and is like can I please have a class with her again and um basically like says you know she's broken don't she's bad news don't get involved with her and it's like a really huge bitch about this girl in high school like you can't that's so inappropriate to talk about one student to another student like that um her name is miss robertson she fucking sucks but huh wow look at that a genuine reaction to a character that greg has created Ooey mama didn't think i'd see the day but um she kind of like rearranges the classes around which doesn't feel like you should be able to do like halfway through the year but does a weird schedule change where he has um pe with her instead of art which i don't know whatever and then even though we barely have any interactions between the two characters all of a sudden abby sees him like gives him a hug um it's yeah it's it's weird but the thing that i wrote that i really did not fucking like that is not okay another example of a teacher being wildly unprofessional is um like abby sees greg or fuck james greg sees james greg greg james throws her arms around him hugs him and then teacher comes in and says if you're going to suck or eat go find an alleyway this is a trailer we have goddamn dignity you can't say that to teenagers you can't cuss at them you can't imply that they're gonna suck or eat eat what i don't like it it's so fucking lame so gross every teacher i think like greg in real life had a beef with teachers because he just shits all over him in this book and i as i've stated before not a fan be nice to teachers um he talks about how he's surprised how funny she is because oh my god girls can be funny because snarf snarf um he talks about like let me see yeah she hiked up like their arms touched and there was like a little skinship and he was like the sensation was glorious and i just thought that was a super strange um (laughs) super strange choice of word i put in my show note tips fedora um further on more deep thoughts again 51 people highlighted this so i'm not the only asshole don't check me but it said i had learned sometime before to trust people on what you know them to be not what you hope them to be Ooh, bars um it's a it's a very real like yeah godoy but whatever (laughs) and then we have (laughs) okay so let's let we're gonna have some more words about davis like i said before he's best boy but the things that i've highlighted about him like going forward i'm worried about the kid so greg is being a little emo bitch baby on the fucking bus Um, and that's like the only time that's the other thing about their friendship that's weird there's this crazy adoration of James by Davis but they really only see each other like on the school bus and like that's it like they don't really interact outside of school it's very strange Um, but he's being like emo and sad on the bus Davis says or excuse me 
Greg writes, um, let me see. Ah. So Davis could see my upset posture out his window as the bus pulled up. So I walked up to the steps this time. So as I walked up to the steps this time, he screamed, I love you so much. I wish you were my boyfriend. I hated myself for giving in yet again, but laughter escaped me. First of all, not funny. Second of all, weird as hell. Like, you know, far be it for me to like gay shame somebody for showing affection to their friend. Like, go off, sis, do you? But just that whole thing is not funny. It's just weird. Like, like, cool it, dude. <laughs> and then the next thing. Oh, and for that, I said, I have a lot of questions about Davis. Like, I, I'm fascinated by this man. And then the next part is another example of, like, Greg trying to inject humor into the book. And he writes, As I sat down, Davis grabbed me and hugged me. Someone sitting a few seats ahead screamed, Ew, homos. Which, I mean, fucking high school. Duh, that shit be still happening. Uh, which made Davis yell back, I love him. This is love. He jumped onto the seat with his little body weird, and pressed our faces side by side. Look at our love. I patted his arm that had been wrapped around me sarcastically, and he released me to sit down. Immediately, he asked, what's up, buddy? How can I turn that frown upside poopy poop poop? I'm, I'm gonna read that one more time, because I'm not, that's not something, I didn't fuck that up or skip a line. It says, how can I turn that frown upside poopy poop poop? He could see I was still a bit upset and didn't really want to talk, so he did his classic, well, I'm always here. It was nice having Davis to keep me afloat. I don't know what to feel about that whole interaction. Like, I put in my show notes, and I still feel this way. I need someone to check on Davis. How is he doing? Does he have people in his life that care about him? Because I feel like I'm the only one, dear listener, okay? I want you to care about Davis, too, because together we can intervene and we can save this boy. This imaginary boy who eats, sleeps, breathes, and creams his jeans for, for James, clearly. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm such, I'm fucking, I think I'm a narcissist because I'm like reading through my own show notes and just like, Avan Alof. And it's just, I think it's been a while since I've read some of these show notes. Is this making me smile? Um... But yeah, so he talks about how Abby, him and Abby become even closer and he can really tell that like his sadness affects her. By the way, if you hear gentle snoring in the background, it's my dog child. I feel bad. It's like three in the fucking morning. I'm not going to wake him up. So you might have to deal with that for a bit. Um, But yeah, like I said that their relationship is borderline parasitic and I think that's a good way to describe it. So she there's a point where yeah like he's always talking about how she's she's such a light airy tiny little fragile little fucking puff of a creature he talks about how small she is and soft and all that it's weird um oh this is the okay here we go here we go here we go this is the the final countdown okay so there was i think this the school shooting's coming up yeah There we go. (laughs) Okay. So, basically, there's popping sounds. There's the school shooting starts as, um, like, he's leave. Everyone's leaving on the buses, and 
like you know the bus driver fucking flees which obviously duh like he screams like get on the goddamn bus and like the kids you know they're freaking out and they duck and whatever um which is like yeah like in that situation it's emergency they might you know you might cuss at the kids tell them get on the fucking bus um he takes a second to criticize the bus driver for freaking out um and then he freaks out so much he crashes the bus into another bus that's parked ahead of them and then like kids flying all over the place they maneuver and then it gets to the point where like James thinks oh my god that's Seth shooting up to school he's looking for Abby he's gonna kill her and he jumps up he's like you gotta let me off the bus and the bus driver's like fucking no like no and he's like let me off the bus and he says if you don't let me off I'll jump and then the bus driver lets him off and says you got a death wish that's your choice but I'm getting everyone else to safety there's no goddamn way that an adult in this situation would just give the kid a green light to basically commit suicide by running into an active shooting there's no way oh I have every time I reread that scene I'm just like no no way and then this oh this is the part where I figured out he was roller skating and not skateboarding so I violently ripped my backpack open and tried to put on my skates while maintaining my speed towards a school and this is when I said in my show notes brb gonna go drown myself because I was fucking crying laughing when I read that he was (laughs) that it was actual skates and not a skateboard And the fact that he was running and trying to put his skates on at the same time. Can you do that? I'm not athlete. Can you do? Because I don't know. I've never been able to do anything dexterous in terms of athletics. I don't think that's possible. Correct me if I'm wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) The episode is already so long. I'm sorry. I'm going to get through the rest. Uh, Okay. So after all the heat dies down and he goes and like you know, grabs Abby and they beat feet out of there. Um, they find out later that the high school, I don't know if I said it, but it's called Lakewood high. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm skipping through him like his daring rescue, but it's fucking really poorly written and lame. And it, it's just ridiculous, but it, it, it was Seth like shooting up the school and, um, like another teacher, like basically I think tackled him and like stopped all the shit from getting worse which is like pretty chill um and then once everybody leaves and he rescues well he runs and finds abby then he rescues her yeah there you go she's in the fetal position because of fucking course she is and she wraps herself around him like a fucking spider monkey and they they're off after the heat dies down from this horrific school shooting fucking Davis is super sad and um it says Davis who had no problem getting upset at me for the first time in a long time or excuse me long while for abandoning him on the bus as I did I said therapy for Davis 2020 um I firmly believe that or no I'm sorry oh I'm sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) therapy for Davis 2020 because I remember I went back and edited this so it'll be appropriate sorry but um you find out later that this school shooting is like like probably is maybe one of the worst I've ever heard of I have to look this up I didn't actually look it up I should have um to see if this was matter of fact shit we got the time we got the time 
So in his school shooting, Seth killed 52 people and um, four injured, which if I look up worst school shooting in America, yeah, that would be the that's that would be the worst one. If this actually happened, this would be the absolute worst school shooting because all the other like casualties never. Mm, yeah, the worst one was uh, thirty three. Was thirty three, and it was Virginia Tech. Sorry to turn things onto a more dour note, but that's that's the reality. This book fucking blows. Um, so this would be the absolute worst school, uh, shooting in history, and then the other unrealistic thing. After the school shooting, really soon after the school shooting, when everything is, like, recovering, fucking the president of the United States, and they don't say who, because I guess he was trying to make sure this aged properly, the president of these United States calls in, like, through a giant Skype call with, like, a screen in the gym to handle their questions and concerns. Which, you know, I don't think a president would do that so quickly, if that makes sense. Not necessarily so quickly, but it just feels like a really weird thing to, like, immediately, like, yo, the president's calling in, he's checking on you guys, you making sure you're good. Like, that just seems odd to me. But, whatever. They talk about the gym teacher being, like, a cool dude who, you know, saved, saved everybody. Um... Let me see. I think there's another really sad Davis moment too. Holy poop. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so bad for Davis. Holy God. Um, They have like a fight because Davis is like really jealous of Abby. And he says, you don't think I know that? You should get a job. Uh, buy your own car. Why, what are you even doing with your life? like, yells at James because he's just so distraught about James having a girlfriend and, like, not having time for him, even though the only time they ever see each other is on the bus. And they, like, make it seem like that's the only reason Davis takes the bus is to, like, bro down with James, which is so sad, dude. Of all the people to devote your time to, ew. He's such a penis. Um, And then... Yeah, I'm just going to breeze through the next couple chunks because, like, literally the school shooting is, like, the spiciest thing that happens. And I told you I would get to the sex scene and ruin your life. So let's go there. Um, so, and we're on page 99, B2Dubs, if you're following along. Just kidding. I hope you're not. Um, the mo- This is probably the most unrealistic thing to me personally, one of them. Abby and James get to just live together alone while James's parent and like sister just fuck off and move somewhere um yeah so basically his mom gets a new boyfriend called Rick and then they all decide to be happy family and live somewhere else Rick mom and daughter like James's sister and then it says so Rick let me know he's happy to cover your food utilities etc while you stay here in the condo because like abby's dad doesn't give a shit about her and so she's just like well i need to live somewhere else and so his mom is just like yeah sure like you guys can like play house and we're gonna go fuck off 
and they just leave. Like they just leave. That's it. So they start, they start just living together like you do as actual teenagers all alone in this house with everything being covered, which is absolutely absurd. Um, Miss Roberts, Robertson, pardon me, is still just a dog shit and basically like takes a moment to bully Abby. Um, I don't even want to even talk about Miss Robertson again. She's a piece of shit, dude. She's just a huge bitch of this teenage girl for no reason. But um, now that they're living together, they start learning more about each other, a.k.a. James learns more about Abby and we get nothing. Um, and they kind of have like a halfway sexy kind of moment situation. And she shows him herself harm scars because of course she fucking cuts herself because that's what this is just cliche after cliche and he kisses all her scars which fucking stop um and here almost like it's so right after that it's like the next day um because at first she's like not feeling comfortable because she feels like self-conscious about her body and he reassures her and blah, blah, blah. and then the next day um they fucking make out in class, which is, like, so gross. Like, he bursts into her classroom. Like, they have different classes. He bursts into her classroom um, and walks towards her and grabs her by the center of her back and the back of her leg, lifting her up to wrap her legs around me. He sat her on the desk and pulled her neck towards him and kissed her deeply and passionately just fucking just fucking tonguing her down in the middle of this class which is super not okay and it's so gross and then they end up leaving and then this is where the sex starts um so when i was a young warthog sex scenes used to be called lemons i don't know if anybody is familiar with that maybe i'm just old and shitty but um, I, when I put in my show notes, the lemon starts here. So basically, um, they go in their house and it says, infatuated with each other, Abby and I struggle to make it to our front door. And they just start like un- fucking undressing in the hallway, fucking jackets everywhere. Bleh. She jumps on him wraps her legs around him which if any of you have had sex before that's kind of impractical depending on how much y'all weigh just sustaining that anyway um he's they slam the door they're making out fucking shirt bra gone titties out making out um so the his descriptions are just so smelly you know what i'm saying like it kind of smells like cottage cheese that you've like had in the fridge too long like that's what I smell when I read this I don't know but um they like start yeah we collided with the bed as if we were one silently crashing together our hands running up and down each other's body she pulled off her pants as I removed my shirt she's she's kissing his tummy they're sliding their bodies together which is a weird way to talk about sex like i don't know like grinding maybe but just like sliding makes me think they're just like arms and legs are like just straight and they're just like sliding like they're fucking like planks of wood against each other's bodies um he 
oh i hate this part so much i hate this part so much i hate this part so much oh my god okay <laughs> i'm being dramatic but it's bleh. so they're naked sliding their wood planks against each other right and he whispers in her ear hang on to something can you fucking imagine if you were about to have sorry if you're ace my apologies but if can you imagine a being like you're about to go to bone the bone zone with somebody is it's about to go down and they whisper in your ear hang on to something with their sweaty fucking breath dude the dryness the sandpaperiness of my orifices bro that would be a hospital visit after that is all i'm gonna say um but yeah he's like touching her and licking her fucking belly and all this weird shit um he says he he likens her um moaning to like an orchestra like wee 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 <laughs> wee 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 no never mind if you don't know that song i'm so sorry <laughs> but um he talks about like going going down on her and he says i couldn't stop devouring her until she began gushing and screaming which somebody's gonna call the fucking police dude and then they look at each other's eyes and she's like keep going and he slid her he slid his hips up to her legs which this logistically doesn't make any sense right so it says I grabbed her waist and slid my hips up her now soaking legs. Gross. She greeted me as if she had been waiting her whole life. Gross. Fucking gross. <laughs> Digging her fingers into my back, scratching them, you know, and then they, they do it. <laughs> That's such an anticlimactic way. And then they just do it. <laughs> um, it says they, they boned like more than anything during the day and they stopped just to drink, like get something to drink and recover. And they couldn't make it 20 minutes without boning, which, I mean, teenagers, I guess, I don't know, whatever. But that, doesn't that creep you out? Like, there's so much detail. Like, he's a grown man. I feel like even when you read YA and there's a sex scene, it's a little bit more delicate than that. Like, they don't make it, it just feels, like, pornographic. Like, he's really trying to, like, yeah. Like, and it almost, it doesn't even seem like a mutual sexy thing. It just seems like... Greg is trying to describe to us, the reader, his sexual prowess through James, and it's creepy. It's fucking creepy. My dog is snoring, holy God. <laughs> but it's just really strange. Um, yeah, and honestly, like, after that, that sex scene, I was tired, you know? Um, it ends up turning into, like, James, later on in the story, James gets to have his revenge against Jason, and um just just starts fucking him up like before he was a pussy you know he he just lets himself get beaten up and he he god it's such a flex like it's so weird like he just like has to show us not only am i good at fucking i'm good at fighting beats the holy hell out of jason and like three other people like he kicks me (laughs) He uses the guy's neck to, like, twist him around in some weird karate bullshit and, like, like, sn- <laughs> like just destroys their balls with his feet. Just like, blow, 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 fucking punch, throat punch. 
just blah 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 blah. like it's it's so like so unrealistic just him just this skinny weird dude just fucking up four guys um and there's this thing that I put that I really didn't like like it was it was craziness um let me see yeah it's so weird like Jason was acting like an ape to anyone who saw him bleeding, probably to hilariously attempt saving face. He turned back to me and said, listen, I'm sorry about your girlfriend. I'm also sorry to tell you, you didn't break my nose. I already did that myself too many times. And then he like snaps his nose back right. And he's like, you can't break what's already broken, dude. And then he grabs his friends and goes off while James skates away. (laughs) The coolest thing you could do after beating up four jocks is throw on your skateboards and or excuse me, throw on your skates and just sail away. Oh my god. Okay, so I had to just pause that for a second. Um, (laughs) I had to pause the recording for a second because the world's loudest car drove outside of my recording studio. Wink. But anyway, yeah, after he sails away, um, Mm -hmm. what ends up happening, hope you didn't hear that, that was my phone, Basically, I really don't, this can't be more than an hour, so I'm just going to, like, wrap things up. But basically, um, Davis ends up dying, like, straight up ends up dying in, like, a car accident. And um, James makes it all about him at the funeral and is like, I'm so sorry, I wish I'd never been his life because he would have lived and all this other shit. And at the funeral, instead of talking about Davis, Davis's mom talks about Greg and says... God damn it, don't you do this to me. He loved you and you do this to me, which is so weird. Like the whole time, even in his speech, like not his speech, that's the wrong word. What is it at a funeral? Eulogy. I'm sorry, Greg, (laughs) I'm all over the place. James doesn't speak at the funeral really, like a little bit, but not for real. But James's, or excuse me, Davis's mom in her eulogy still continues to talk about James and saying, you know, like, just being around James made Davis feel cool and, like, all this shit. And it was, it's so weird. It's like, stop jerking yourself off, Greg. Um, And at the end, he runs for school president or, like, they ask him to run for school president because that's what you want, like, a narcissistic, violent asshole running your school. Um... And then the last thing at the end, you kind of find out how codependent they are. Miss Robertson ends up getting like canned because she's a fucking crazy person and doesn't do her job properly. Um, and <sighs> they fuck again, which Jesus hell. Um, there's like a weird sad moment in the shower and at the end of the story, which you really don't get a sense of how long the story is. But at the end, um, all's well that ends well. Abby calls him hubby now for some reason. And then at the end, he ends with, well, I guess this means I won't be running for president. And that's Stone's Abigail. And like I said, I have an hour limit on my recordings right now for reasons unknown. <laughs> So thank you for rocking with me through this entire super long podcast, all my weirdness, all my mistakes. 
if you're one of the few people that still listens consistently, you're amazing. And I'm going to try to continue to be more consistent with this. But until next time, follow me on my social media. I got Instagram. I got Twitter, all that. And uh, tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. I really appreciate it. So thanks so much. See you again later. Oh, God, I'm so awkward. I'm so sorry.